Cole, I really don't think we have anything to talk about this week. Nothing exciting happened at all. Um, Owen, I can I can <coughs> name four things that happened exciting this week. Really? I because I couldn't I couldn't tell you what was going on this week at all. Yeah, uh, um, LSU won, LSU won, LSU won, and LSU won. That's the most exciting thing. That's all we need. <laughs> if you know LSU won, you don't have to listen to the rest of the uh, podcast because I'm going to be. The hype about it. Oh yeah, West Virginia won too. So yeah, <laughs> no one wants to care. No one really cares about. Yeah, that. but I have a song for it. Okay, where's your song? I can't play our song ah, because so, it's explicit. So you don't have a song. I can play the first five seconds of our song, and that's it. I can play thirty seconds. Ha! How does that make West Virginia better than LSU? It just does. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Get us started. Whatever. I'm Owen Spelling. My name's Cole Connor, and this is episode fourteen of the Panther Pod. All right, Cole. Well, it was a wild, wild, completely wild week oh, yeah. in college football. It was rivalry week last week. We had Bedlam. We had the game, Michigan versus Ohio State. We had the, the Iron Bowl. We had the battle for the Commonwealth Cup. None of those games disappointed in my mind. The outcomes may have disappointed a the lot of people. The outcomes may have disappointed, but yes. But all of the games were exciting. We also tied again this week. Actually, no, I won. Yeah. I won. I was doing the math in my head when I was listening to you, last week's. Yeah, you lost. You, la- yeah. you, you lost, I lost by one. Lost by one. So we're going to run through them here. We're going to go from the least interesting to the most kind of interesting ones here. Uh, Army versus Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do Liberty like that. Come on, man. Okay, well, Liberty got did like that. Army did Liberty like that, okay? 31-16. Oh, poor old Liberty couldn't stop that triple option. This is what I don't get is why does the Army, I guess it's tradition, why does the Army-Navy game not happen during rivalry week and why does it happen during championship week? Like what happen, What happens when Navy is actually good one year and they have to go play for a conference title? Uh, I don't see it happening. I think it's always going to be during championship week. I'm, I like how you said unless one of the teams is actually competing. Yeah. But – I think it's always just been like a tradition. You play those, you play, because I, I feel like here recently, big games like that haven't really taken place in championship week. It's always been during rivalry week. Yeah. So that kind of gives you a little something to look forward to during championship week if your team's not in. Now, granted, in years past, really hasn't been that exciting. Well, Army Navy is always exciting when those two play. Oh yeah, no. When they play anybody else, and this is not to diss on all of the any any service members whatsoever. It's just that there is it's a, a fact. It's yes. It, it is just the fact that like those service academies are not great at football. No. However, this year Army and Air Force were pretty decent. Yeah, they were solid. Um, I mean, Army's. I think Army is bowl eligible. Army is eight and three. Oh Lord. I mean, it's eight and three. Um, Air Force, I think, is also eight and three. If I'm not, yeah, that I, th- I think out. I think they are also eight and three. Navy, I think they're six and six. I'm not entirely sure. I'm not for sure what Navy is. I don't think it's very good. Um, but speaking of which, now that we're on the subject, <laughs> go Army, beat Navy. Go Army, beat Navy. Uh, I got Navy. You got Navy? No, no, no. Army, man. Army, Army, all the way. And here's why: is because I had two. I had. I have. Two 
grandpas who were in the army. So go army, beat navy. I have no ties. Ooh, no. Navy is three and eight. Yeah, I told you they're not good. <laughs> uh, I'm still going for the upset, though. You're I still think, going for the upset? Yeah, I think the midshipmen are going to pull it out. Uh, the one highlight about this game that I will say I will be watching for, the freaking uniforms this year, man. Yes. I think they did an absolute great job. Whose uniforms were better, though? Armies. Definitely armies. Definitely like, armies. The way that they commem- like subtle commemorate 9-11. Yes. That was awesome. Um <clears throat> Especially with the almost desert storm, oh yeah, like fatigue. Yep, yep. I oh, like the, the name, the patches. Like it, they oh, have the, the name, name plate? Pat, the name plate on yeah. there. That was dope. Oh, those look sick. Um, but yeah, no, Army Navy is one of the that is the, one of the most American football games. Oh yeah, ever. the most American thing that can ever happen. Uh, yeah, I'm still going Navy. I think Navy's gonna pull off the upset. Army. Will it actually happen? No, but I've got to make some moves and try and recoup. Uh, my record over the past couple weeks. Okay, we're not recouping with Navy, okay? <laughs> so, I don't know what you're thinking, but all right, all right, whatever, whatever. Uh, go Army, beat Navy, like I said. Um, and then we're going to go, like I said, this is from the least interesting, but these all are, like, tied for top four, okay? Oh, like, yeah, they're tied no. for first. Um, Virginia versus Virginia Tech. Freaking Virginian, man. Come on. <sighs> Tech had an interim head coach, and you could not beat them on your own turf? Freaking Lane Stadium North. If they haven't changed it yet, please Google the name of UVA's football stadium. Please. That's so awesome. No, it's not. I mean, like, it's kind of it's kind of fun. Like, it's, it's pretty funny. funny. It's yeah. hilarious. Come That's, on. Yeah. But also, like, here's the thing. J.C. Price, I am not a Tech fan by any means. No. Never have pulled for Tech. I will say, though. His interview segment almost made me cry. It. That is where it, that that is what separated the men from the boys because men cried in that moment. Oh yeah, Coach Price, you're seeming a little emotional. Why is that? This is home. Or, I'm sorry. He said, "This is my school. This is home." Like dang, like what? Where? That where hurt. is that? Where is that? That hurt. That that yeah. Where is that commitment level? Especially after weeks like this week. Oh, I know. Lincoln Riley, Brian Kelly, a yeah. dozen more. Yeah. Where is that commitment level that we'd never see? And it's all about money now. It's all yeah. about money now. Too many coaches are in it for the money now. Yeah. And it, it just takes away from the game, honestly, in my opinion. Am I complaining because we got Brian Kelly? We'll talk yes. about that later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but I will say, though, uh, news is – since Tech has hired their new head coach, he has been named uh, assistant head coach. So he is he's still, like, right there. Yeah. Which is, I mean, but you need somebody like that to help build your pro, you know, help to help kind of keep your program together. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that, that'll kind of help in the transition, I feel like, for Tech. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, there's not going to be much of a transition uh, transitioning from the bottom of the floor to a step above bottom of the floor in the first couple years anyway. Yeah. But we'll see. I hope, for Virginia Tech's sake, I hope that they regain competitiveness because it's always interesting to see. Let's just not do it next year when West Virginia rolls in town. Yeah. Oh, you want to hold on to that Black Diamond trip? Look, I'm holding. I, I am clinching. Like, you're going to have to pry it from my cold, dead hands. Hmm. How long did uh, Tech hold it for? 
Okay, okay, but here's the thing. We didn't lose 15 years in a row, okay? We, we lost in 2005 and did not play again until 2017. We then lost by a touchdown or a field goal, one of the two. We lost by a score, one score. We did not play again until this year. So I don't want to hear it, okay? <laughs> I don't want to hear it. We didn't have as many op. We've had in in the 15 years that Virginia has gotten the opportunities to beat Tech, they've had 15 years to be uh, prior to their to their win. Yeah, they had 15 years <laughs> to beat Tech. We had three games to beat Tech. Now this kind of raises the question for me: Is this Virginia Tech transitioning back into the old school way of oh? Virginia's on the schedule. Yeah, we can just mark that up as a win. Like, is, is this going to start a yearly tradition of Tech just whooping up on Virginia again? Or, and I hope it's the latter, is Virginia going to regain and compose himself after this loss and show everyone, hey, that was a fluke. Let's take it into next year, and the Commonwealth Cup will be back in Charlottesville. I will tell you this, if Bronco Mendenhall – does not start beating Tech. Yeah, he's, he's gone. gone. He's gone. There's no way. He's gone. I mean, you the I, I, UVA does not want another fifty. It does not want to repeat another fifteen years. No, absolutely not. So, I mean, every school wants a competitive football program, and UVA deserves that. Here's the thing: is like Virginia just need that. I don't know what their deal is. Like they're they were good at the start of the year, and then they fell off. Hard, yeah. I they mean, they reached that six wins and didn't win another game. I said this before the podcast. Mm-hmm. If LSU plays Virginia in the bowl game, in a bowl game, and loses, and loses to Virginia in a bowl game, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm taking my talents elsewhere. <laughs> my talents as a fan. You're gonna go to the the raging Cajuns, ain't you? <laughs> I hope I don't have to. Come on over to, to the res- good side. No. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Let's go to, uh, come on over to the, the mountains, okay? The Bayou to the mountains. Bayou to the mountains. It's mm. a big transition, too. Yeah. You go from That's, below yeah. sea level to 4,000 <laughs> feet. Way above. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> way, way above. Um, but, yeah, um, they'll be back next year. The clock has now reset for Virginia. So, it's, yeah. Did you also see where Virginia Tech fans rushed the Virginia field, and then proceeded Why to plant, would you do that? plant the flag. That's so stupid. On the 50-yard line of UVA. That's so dumb. You Okay, no. No. You I'm not rush okay. the field if you are Michigan. Or you're at home. Yeah. You do not do that at an opposing stadium. And, and like, especially, okay, for in-state rivalries, I kind of get it. I, mean, I, I like it's understandable because there are there. The, it was very half and half for in-state rivalries. It's very half and half. Oh, I mean, it is an even split between UVA and Tech. Yeah, yeah but at the same time, it's like, come on. Yeah, it's it's not your home stadium, and also too, like sometimes you just don't have the numbers for it. You know, yeah, if it, you it do have look, the number numbers for it, that home team is probably not that good. And yeah, it didn't. You, you really probably shouldn't good. be rushing the field if you have more people at their home at at their home game than you do. You know. So, but yeah, Virginia Tech beats Virginia twenty nine to twenty four, and here's what I'll say too: I think Virginia lost this because Brennan Armstrong was hurt. Oh, I'll agree with that. He had a broken rib uh, over the past week, 
and said at the beginning of last week it hurt to just cough. And then he got banged up on on a sack with his ankle. So I, I think that is what hindered a lot for UVA. I hope that that was the case. I don't hope it was, you know, oh, it's Virginia Tech. Let's just roll over and die like how we have for the past 15, 16 years. Yeah. So. No, I don't, I don't think it was. And also, like, here's the thing, too. is like Some of that play calling did not make a lot of sense. No, absolutely not. And honestly, I'm... It was frustrating for me watching it on, like, rooting for Tech, mm-hmm. as weird as that sounds. Um, especially midway through, like, the third and the fourth. There were so many screen passes that I... Oh, God. Like, I can point to three of the uh, third-quarter drives that ended in a three-and-out because the coach decided to call a screen on second and long. Yeah. One well, also Virginia has no defense. No, absolutely not. None they got whatsoever. exposed. And well, and, and you and like here's the thing is Virginia Tech didn't really either, but they had more of a defense than yeah. Virginia did. And that's all that's what they needed. So yeah. Um next is I'm having a tough time deciding between these. Uh you want to do Michigan and Ohio State? Yeah, I want to do Mi- okay. I, w- I want to just the team, game, team the now. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got yeah. you. Okay. Um, Wait, Cole, didn't you last week say it was Michigan? Because didn't you pick Ohio State? I did. What happened to Ohio State? Uh, Ohio State got caught. They got blown out. They got caught. Their run defense is terrible. Yep. Like, oh my gosh. And not only are they out of conference, they're not only are they they're out of like they're out of chances for any any. Uh, playoff or conference, like they're not playing for the conference championship. It is Iowa and Michigan who play for the conference championship this week. And then it is also, you know, they, they don't have a shot to get into the CFP, to the playoffs anymore. What a game from Haskins. I know we were talking about that before. Mm-hmm. 169, five touchdowns. Golly. Rushing. That's ridiculous. Like, he had to put Michigan on his back. And at the end of the game, when Michigan or, uh, Michigan rushed the field. Mm-hmm. You couldn't even see the field. You could not see the field, which was insane. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. That was Well, and here's the thing, too. It's like I told you last week. Like, Ohio State is all pomp and circumstance. Yeah. Michigan is very gritty. And I, the, they, the grittier team won. Yeah. And, I mean – I know that I picked Ohio State to win this game. I thought C.J. Stroud was going to show up, honestly. I think that he did fine. Mm-hmm. I think he threw, yeah, 394 and two touchdowns, which is a really good game. It is not a good game for C.J. Stroud. No. For a Heisman contending quarterback. No, absolutely no. not. And I honestly think that did more – that game probably did a lot of damage to any kind of momentum he had going, like, into the late season for his Heisman contention. Because yeah. he, he's out of it now. There's no well, way. Well, but here's the thing, too, with the Heisman contention is I, there's no clear person we can point to no, and say – absolutely not. And we couldn't even say that last year either. Last year was kind of one of those, like – 
there's not since Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was the last. Yes, I know, I know. Shout out. Um, but like Joe Burrow was the last person you could point to and say, no, that man is a Heisman, Heisman oh, yeah. contender. Well, I mean, considering Joe Burrow broke, like. All records the, upon records. Yeah, passing yards, passing touchdowns. Uh, were they just LSU records or were they NCAA records? NCAA records. Oh, they were NCAA he records. He set the NCAA passing yard record. Ooh. And then I know he broke the LSU passing touchdown at 50. Um, I don't know if he broke the NCAA one, though. Here's a crazy stat for you. Hmm. If Daigie stays another year at West Virginia, which he's already – he has when he, he, when Daggy stays another year. I will say Virginia. this though, um, I will get back to the records talk. I know. I feel like I'm. Just, no, you're good. Um, he he told ESPN that he was coming back. However, the coach said we're discussing that. So, yeah, but if Daggy does end up staying another year, there's a possibility he could pass Geno Smith for the all-time West Virginia passing yards. Mm. To me, that is a that is absolutely that is so disrespectful. Dis- I don't know if it's disrespectful. It's more mind blowing than it is disrespectful. It took Gino what three years? He was at West Virginia for three, I think. Yeah, but here's the thing too. Before him was Pat White. Pat White was not a thrower. He was a he was a rusher. Yeah. Pat White also is. However, however, this this hurts. Um, Daggy is now the fifth most. Daggy now has the fifth most West Virginia passing yards in all of West Virginia history. Mm. He ha- he passed Pat White. So Pat White, who was in fifth place, which by the way I thought was kind of you know like right because you know he wore the number five fifth place passing yards whatever makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. He passed De- now he's in the sixth spot, but that just is like just astonishing to me that he's now in the literally in the top five most passing West yards. And half of those yards came in garbage time. <laughs> I know, but and and this too is how much of it was long throws, or how much of it was little short passes that his receivers went and made. You know, but sorry, that I just that was something that I the record thing is what you got. Continue with Joe Burrow. Um, honestly, I mean, just wrapping it up. Yeah. I, my thing with Heisman is. I think that every Heisman winner is slightly better than the last one. Here's what I'll say about that. I think that the committee uh, kind of gets desensitized to all-around great performances unless it's an easily recognizable thing. So, like, you look at Tebow's stats from... Actually, that's not really a good example. You... (laughs) Well, I mean, and it's not a good example. The three sixteen game where everything was three sixteen. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. But, and the only reason why I say Tebow is not a great example of that is because he is very much a Pat White. He was an early two thousands quarterback. He was an athlete. He wasn't a quarterback. Mm-hmm. He, he could, could still throw, throw the ball. ball. He could still yeah. throw the ball. He could absolutely throw the ball. But you look at, oh man. I'm trying to think of a great one. You want to, you want to think like Johnny Manziel? He was a Heisman winner. He yeah, was a Johnny Manziel in his first year. Um, who else was a passer? Uh, uh, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Uh, Leinert from USC. He mm-hmm. was a pure mm-hmm. pocket passer. Mm-hmm. 
But you look at those performances compared to some of the performances that non-Heisman winning quarterbacks had in recent seasons. Mm -hmm. Those prior performances were worse than non-Heisman winning quarterbacks. I'm not saying they weren't great for their era, but so many offenses now have just decided to air the ball out. Personally, I think both Pat White and Tim Tebow, if they were to replay college football game today, I think they could still they would Tim Tebow would win the Heisman. I think Pat White would win the Heisman. I think that and my point is I mean, I think that the Heisman committee just gets desensitized. Honestly, because I think you they, have so many great athletes nowadays in yeah. college that it makes it hard to pick just one, and I think that's why there's not a clear number one this year. I here's who I would like to see. Um, out here's who I would like to see win the Heisman. Anyone but Bryce Young. Anyone but excuse me, yes, anyone but Bryce Young. But it is a defensive lineman. Who I want to see. I want to see um his his last name is Davis. What is his first name? Oh, from uh Georgia? From Georgia, yes. Defensive lineman. Um is built around Davis. Who Davis what? What is his <laughs> You know what I also like irritates me is that the like when I try to read the athletic mm-hmm. or something and like an article comes up, pay be a subscriber for the athletic. I get very irritated with that. Like, no, let me just read the daggone article and move on. Oh gosh, what is his name? Um Jordan Davis. That's what it is, I think so. Yeah, defensive tackle. Um I think that's who it is. That's who I'm thinking of. Davis is his last name. Um, Jordan Davis, I think that man should win the Heisman. He is one. Of the, he he is one of the best defensive linemen. And here's the thing too: is like I would love to see a defensive player win the Heisman. When's the last time a defensive player's won the Heisman? Mostly, it's been quarterbacks. Uh, mostly, Woodson. it has been quarterbacks and wide receivers. And even now, the wide and running backs, yeah, and running backs. But even now, the wide receivers are starting to get. Yeah, mostly know. it's been quarterbacks here recently. Yeah. Because uh, Devontae Smith won it last year, but even then that was controversial. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I just – yeah, no, I – there is not a clear – if I were to vote, I would vote for Jordan Davis. If um, I, I – Him or Matt Corral. Yeah, I, I still like Matt Corral. Matt Corral's consistency is what I like. Oh, yeah. Well, Bo Nix is out. Like, there's there's no – there's no way that Bo Nix wins the Heisman after his performance in the Iron Bowl. Like he I thought did, he was out in the Iron Bowl because he was hurt. I thought he was out of the Iron Bowl. He started the first few drives, uh-huh. but he... It was not good. No, he, he was not good. He was inconsistent, and then any kind of momentum he had going into his Heisman contention, mm-hmm. done. He's over. But my leading would be uh, Kenneth Walker from Michigan State. Yeah. He is – and I honest, I really hope they do not just give it to Haskins after his performance in the game. 
because anyone can have a day. Yeah, no, I will. Yeah, anyone can have a day, but I just there are players who earn it. But like I said, there's not there's not just one player this year that sticks out to me. No, absolutely not. There's not one player that just sticks out to me. You know, that's just amazing. Like no. I said, the last one to have done that was Joe Burrow. Yeah. And and, and ever in years prior to him, there was always a player that really was oh, like, yeah. no, they they're sticking. I well, mean, Vince Young, uh, um, Reggie Bush. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not any kind of. I, I feel like the Heisman criteria needs to be a little bit better, so that way it doesn't easily favor quarterbacks. Like you need to be able to throw some defensive players and not be a head scratcher. Well, and what helps the Heisman though is it doesn't say offensive or defensive. Play. Like they don't, it does not say, "Hey, it has to no, be it, given to an offensive player." It needs to be the best player in college football in this particular year. Yeah, and it, and like here, offenses are so flashy because they score points. But you look at defenses. Defenses are what you what make and break you. You know, yeah, defenses win games. Yeah, win championships. <laughs> in some cases, they win game. Look at hey, Georgia. Georgia, it's it, it's going to win them. It could possibly win them a championship. It probably will win them the championship if we're being realistic. It'll, probably, it'll win them the SEC championship. I hope so. I hope so. But we'll have to see what it's like when they get to. They're, they they are clearly the best team when it comes to the playoffs. Oh yeah, they very clearly the best team. But look at look at uh, Oklahoma State. Their 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 defense is number three in the country. Number one in the Big Twelve, so I mean that that defense very well could win them the conference championship as well. Um, so I mean, you know, it's just uh, the older I've gotten, maybe it's just I don't know if it's because my age, but the older I've gotten, the less I want my offense to be flashy, and the more I want a hard hitting defense. The the more I care about defense, I guess I should say. Yeah, it just makes sense because as a kid, you're like, oh man, I want to. Be the starting quarterback and throw for all five these touchdowns, yeah. you know, and have over four hundred yards passing, and da 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 da. No, and then you realize that hey, just because your quarterback throws five touchdowns, there could be someone out in the nation who's throwing six, who's throwing seven. That or you you throw five touchdowns, the other guy on the other side of the ball throws seven, and yeah. you still lose the game because yeah. your defense didn't hold up. Absolutely. So that you know that that's just age cuz when i was young i just remember all i cared about was throwing the ball i'm very much i well, like I mean, you the, grew up as a big 12 fan so no uh, yes that is very true my earliest mem- i remember some of the big east but yeah. big east was very defensive rich uh, yeah. rich rodriguez was a very defensive minded yeah. coach um he if just a little side note: If Neil Brown were to ever leave, a lot of people would want Rich Rod's defensive coordinator. No, 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 no. They would want Rich Rod's defensive coordinator. Yeah, that makes sense. To be the next head coach, I don't know where he is. I don't even know this man's name. But because Rich Rod left before I really remember watching West Virginia football, mm-hmm. um, but I, like I said, I grew up watching Big Twelve football. I grew up watching Geno Smith and Tavon Austin when. Tavon Austin had over 500 rushing yards against Oklahoma. You know, that I mean, that was high-flying high offense. We're going to drop 50, 60 on you a game, 70 if it's, yeah, you know. Yeah, keep up. Like, just keep up. We're going to boat race you, and maybe our defense will get a stop here or there, you know. Yeah. So, but now I appreciate yeah, a good defense. Now, Nowadays it always feels like a good defense is hard to come by. Yeah. Because so much emphasis is put on offense. Yeah. 
when in all reality, a lot of emphasis should be put on defense. Yeah, in the media at least. Yeah. Um, and then, you ready for this one, Cole? Oh, I'm so ready for this one. The Iron Bowl. I loved this year's Iron Bowl. I hated the outcome. Speaking speaking of defensive games. Yeah. 10-3. 10 nothing. the first half. 10 freaking 3 Yeah. Auburn. What happened? I can tell you exactly what happened. I just want to ask Auburn what happened. Yeah. I want to. 10-3. Then it's 10-10. And then it's 10-10. No, 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 no. It was 10-0 going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. Auburn's defense got gassed in the fourth. Alabama scored 10 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to force overtime, seven of which came in the last minute and 30 seconds. So a touchdown. I'm so heated. I'm so heated <laughs> about this game. No, I'm, I'm, I'm very upset as well because I've, we both picked Auburn to win this game. Yeah. And, and I, I thought for sure they were going to get like absolutely boat raced. Oh yeah, no, and I they, thought so too. And they did not. When I when I kept checking the score, I was like ten nothing, ten nothing. Are you serious right now? I was like, just hold it, hold it off. It's about to be another great Iron Bowl game, and it was. It T- was. A, it was a great Iron Bowl game. T.J. Finley, the quarterback for Auburn, who yeah. repl- who had to replace Bo Nix. Yeah. And correct me, and um, correction on my part, uh, Bo Nix did not play. Uh, ah, I he told did you. not dress. That's on me. I thought he played. I didn't get a chance to watch the first quarter. Yeah, because uh, I was down in Raleigh. Um, but T.J. Finley looked pretty competent. I mean, seventeen for twenty-six, one thirty-seven, and two touchdowns. Yeah. Granted, he had a fourth-quarter interception that stole all my hopes and dreams. Because of Alabama it, not being in the CFP this year. Because if Alabama would have lost, they would not have been in the CFP. There's no however, way. However, if they do lose this, if they do lose oh, yeah. next week and Oklahoma State lose and Oklahoma State wins, they are out of the CFP. Oh yeah, Oklahoma State just needs to win. But um, well, and here's the thing too. I think too, if if Alabama loses and Oklahoma State loses, Notre Dame goes into the CFP. God. Could you imagine? But because they don't play an a, they don't play a conference championship game, and they yeah. have a good record. Well, I mean, could you imagine Brian Kelly leaving, and then they immediately get into the CFP? Oh, I could. <laughs> does the name Rich Rod ring a bell? Oh yeah, no, it does. Yeah, for for those of you who are uh, kind of on the younger side of things, um, West Virginia had the chance to actually go play LSU. In the national championship in the early two, in in the early two thousands, um, all we had to do was play Pitt, beat Pitt, and we would go on to win, and we would go on to play for a national title. Rich Rod said, "Hey, by the way, Michigan called. Peace out." Pretty much what, um, uh, Ellie, uh pretty pretty much what uh Brian Kelly, Kelly did. did to Notre Dame. So, I would like to point out. That one of Alabama's defensive players, get just guess what his first name is. He got guess the two first tackles name? and one sack. Guess what his first name is. You will never guess it. 
I don't know. John? No. Cole. Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid McKinstry. That's awesome. Is it is it spelled like cool yes. like the brand? K O O L dash A I D. Why? Why would you do that to your kid? That's awesome. I love why would, it. Why would you do that to your kid? I will say this. My cousin graduated with a guy. His name, no lie, was Billy the Kid. That's sick. That was his name. That rules. His middle name was the Oh man, um, yeah, four overtimes. Twenty-four, twenty-two. Twenty-four, twenty-two. I, I love this game. I thought it brought a lot of relevance. And Auburn always keeps it close with Alabama. Like we said, rivalry games just don't matter. Yeah, unless you're fair. Does not matter. You are. <laughs> still upset about that one. Um, yeah, just but a it bit. it does. It checks out that the score was like this. Mm-hmm. I hoped that it would have been the other way around. And no, honestly, I think we all hoped it would have been the other way around. And honestly, midway through the fourth quarter, I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be 10-3. Yeah. Like, there's no way. There's no way. And then there was. And four overtimes later, here we are. But there was. Where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. Finally, to the, one of the most exciting games of this weekend, Bedlam. Bedlam was sick this year. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Not just, I mean, it is because the game itself was massive. Oh, it's But always. the news that came after the game yeah. as well is, I mean, it just, Bedlam was, I, I, Bedlam was the top rivalry game this weekend. Oh, that that's not up for debate. Iron Bowl was good, but Alabama won. Okay, so... The game was good. Okay, but Michigan blew out Ohio State. Virginia Virginia Tech was good. Okay, but it had no national ramifications. That was that was solely a Virginia game that only people who went to those two schools or live in Virginia cared about. Bedlam was not only a massive, massive rivalry game, but also a national spotlight game. Yeah, because here's the thing: if if Alabama loses to Auburn, they're still going to the SEC championship. Championship. Yeah, and they have a way to get into. They the have CFP the way to get into if the CFP. Beat Georgia. If Oklahoma, if either team of Oklahoma or Oklahoma State were to lose Bedlam, they would not go to the Big Twelve Championship, and they would not have a spot in the CFP. It was it was just the perfect storm of everything, just the perfect storm in this game. Was it had everything to bad calls to like amazing plays to defensive stands to weird flukes? I mean, it was all across the board. It was college football at its finest, and this is what makes college football, in my opinion, greater than the NFL. Because please tell me the last time fans of the NFL have stormed the field. Please tell me the last time that there has been a massive name. I know you're a Saints fan, and you can name them. But outside of the Saints rivalry, outside of the Saints rivals, and outside of the Cowboys and uh, Cowboys and Redskins, Washington football team, whatever. Please give me another rivalry that Packers, you know. Packers Bears. Okay, okay, okay. I, I you're hear, you're an NFL guy I though. I hear but, what you're saying. Yeah, 
and I I understand your point that you are trying to make where there are not rival there are rivalries in mm-hmm. the NFL. There are not rivalries like this. No. I mean the biggest one I can think of is Cowboys and Redskins. You know, or well, Washington football team. Either way. Um no, I I like the NFL. I like the NFL a lot. There is no way an NFL game would ever live up to this game. No. Because no NFL team would ever get the field stormed on them. No. And it Bedlam was it was awesome. It was just awesome. It's what college football needed this year. Yes. Absolutely. Like for yes. all the programs that are not going to a bowl. Yes. This was the Super Bowl. Yes. This was massive. Also because Bedlam has not won has not won this game since two thousand four or um, I'm, excuse State. me. Oklahoma State has not won this game since two thousand fourteen. It's very lot. It's a very lopsided rivalry. Oh Oklahoma, yeah, no. Oklahoma, Oklahoma dominates blows out Oklahoma State usually. Usually this year, no, no. And here's the thing too: it's like Spencer Sanders is a, is an is a good quarterback, okay quarterback. He's not amazing. He does not just light your world on fire. But that no. Oklahoma State defense, yeah. man, is yep. just all. It's over so you. underrated for how good it is. Yes. Like it should easily be People a top ten yeah. in the nation. It, I think well, it's it ranked. Is. Uh, it's third ranked. Oh, it's third. Third. But but here's the thing: everybody's talking about Georgia's defense because Georgia has an amazing defense this year, so it gets yeah. overshadowed. But I'm I'm just Bedlam was just phenomenal in watching that. Down it was down to the wire. It was kind of an offensive showdown. It was thirty seven thirty three. So, there, but there was defense. There was missed special teams opportunities. There were, def, uh, there were, you know, there were defensive, uh, defensive stands. It was just everything that you could think of. And then the final play of the game, the def, the Oklahoma State has to crawl, literally crawl, on his hands and knees to sack Caleb Williams. He did an army crawl and sacked Caleb Williams, and that was the winning play of the game. On a fourth down, turnover on downs, done. And then Lincoln awesome. Riley says, hey, by the way, peace out. <laughs> hey, um, I just got my butt handed to me by Oak State. I'm going to go to USC for a few years. Yep. <laughs> nice knowing you. Nice knowing you. Yep, so I just uh, – Bedlam was the number one rivalry game this weekend. I honestly, and I know this is this is kind of getting off of topic of Bedlam, but just previewing Oklahoma's future. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma's going to suck. Like there is, the, there lost, is they lost so many recruits. I mean, getting a, the coaching carousel, they they've had so many decommits. Oh yeah, Spencer Rattler's gone. Oh yeah, there's no question about that now. Well, yeah, because he's trans. He's already put. Yep. His, he already activated into. Or he's in the transfer portal. Yeah, he already uh, committed into that. Um, and there are so many commits that have decommitted from Oklahoma that are now going to USC. Yep. Here's my thing with Oklahoma, though. I think that if they make the right hire here, they could Stoops. easily still. Yeah, Stoops. Bob Stoops. Is, Just 
do it. Do it for the for the love of all things good. Just pick Bob Stoops. What did he do wrong? It makes too much sense. So therefore, they will not do it. Yeah. Um, I honestly think that if they make the right decision, which to some people it may be Bob Stoops, to others it would be a no namer. It'd be a Brent Venables. Yeah, absolutely. Or um, who's the other guy they were looking at? Um, they were looking at Mark Stoops. Or it could uh, <laughs> try this one off for size. Boomasuna. Boomasuna. Coach O goes to Oklahoma. If Ed, I mean, Coach O, Oklahoma fits great. Um, Boomasuna. Boomasuna. I can, I can hear it already. I can hear it already. I think Ed Orgeron's going to take a break from football, though. I don't think. Well, shoot, if I'm getting paid $9 million a year to sit on my butt. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm, yeah, shoot, yeah. I'm, ta- I'm taking a break from football. But, I don't know. I think. I think that if Oklahoma makes the right decisions, I think that the pieces are in place there for them to at least keep bowl eligibility and not just immediately go down the toilet. Yeah. Because I think the alumni are there. Well, there's to there's too much on the team as of right now. Like, Caleb Williams so far is the only one I've seen transferred. I don't follow Oklahoma football religiously. That's just the biggest name I've seen transferred. Now, does Caleb Williams transfer? Does he go to USC? Or does he stay at Oklahoma? Because I think he's got to stay at Oklahoma. But if he leaves Oklahoma, there are no scholarship quarterbacks behind him. No. They're all walk-ons. So, if he leaves, Oklahoma's having a real tough year this year. Oh, yeah. Real tough year. And or next not, year, I'm sorry. If next not year. next year, then for sure the next couple years. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a bad rebound process for Oklahoma. For Oklahoma and Texas, I mean. And then they're going into the SEC. What goes around comes around. Yeah. Because. Hey, Karma. You, yeah. You, re, you remember that little stunt you pulled back in July where you and Texas got all buddy-buddy together and said, hey, by the way, we're going to the SEC. Sorry, not sorry that we didn't tell you. Yeah, Lincoln Riley pulled that same crap. <laughs> and then you're hurt because you didn't see it coming. Huh, wonder wonder where he learned it from. Mm-hmm. Wonder where he got it from. What goes around comes around. Mm. So, go ahead. Go on to SEC. I don't want you to know more. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, I'll take them for the easy wins, for, hopefully. For the easy, for the easy wins and the money. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, they're... <laughs> it's great. Um, and then... I think Lincoln Riley is going to do a good job at USC, though. USC is going to kind of go back to where they used to be, especially when Pete Carroll was there. Oh, yeah. I think they're going to easily become the best school in California again unless Cal or UCLA steps up in the next couple of years because of the level of competition. Yeah, I don't see that happening, though. I think USC is easily going to gain national title or national... Well, because the Pac-12 is just so easy. Yeah. Especially for a guy like Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Lincoln Riley's not an offensive or defensive genius. He is an offensive genius. He is an offensive genius. I will credit him that. But the main draw for Lincoln Riley, you're in California. You're already Southern California. Yeah, you're you're in Southern California. You are already one of the best recruiters in college football. 
your job just got a hundred times easier. Oh yeah, because why would you want to go to Alabama? There's nothing to do in Tuscaloosa. Well, and also, come out to Southern California and party, oh, man. Oh yeah, hang or, out with Snoop Dogg on the sidelines. Exactly. Or or think about this. He had all those Southern Cal. Nobody, no Southern California kid who plays football goes to USC anymore. No. They either go to Oregon or they're going to Oklahoma, they're going to Alabama, they're going somewhere where they yeah. feel like they can get a, they can go go play. Lincoln Riley was the main contributor of that. A lot of southern uh, SoCal kids were going to o- OU. Yeah. Now Lincoln no. Riley says, "What you got to do and go halfway across the country. You just stay home, stay with me. We be all right. Yeah. We're going we're going to live it up here in LA." I mean, he's he's got it made down there now. I honestly, I think that's going to be the biggest impactful hire. As much as I would... No, it is. <sighs> it, impactful, shock value is the same as what LSU did. Impactful, I think... I, I think oh, no, in the long term, USC is going to... In, in the short the, term... You're going to see the most improvement out of USC. In the short term, LSU maybe. In the long term, USC. Yeah. Because they, they're they immediately going from the basement and maybe making bowl eligibility to national title status within the first three years. But here's the thing, too, is like we said before, is is it going to be another Oklahoma situation where Oklahoma would just cruise in the Big 12? Yeah, and then just get blown out yeah. by SEC and Big 10 teams in the, in the college playoff. Is it going to be the same way? And now? I honestly think that Lincoln Riley is going to prevent that by hiring the right staff around him because he's already reached out to so many different programs about getting the right uh, people around. Well, him. he's then brought his defensive coordinator with him, Alex Grinch, his director, his um, oper- misstep. D- director of operations. He's brought his, um, I think, not special teams coordinator. He brought his. Um, I know he brought safety, a strength coach. Strength coach. That's who it was. Strength coach, and yep. then somebody else too. I think it was a wide receivers coach. A receivers yeah. coach is who he brought. Um, so, you know, he, it's, yeah, I just, I, I'm, yeah, man, he's, he's got a, he's got a lot of things made down there in, in SoCal. Um, Bob Stoops, just stick with Bob Stoops, man. That's the easiest hire. He's already in house. It's just going to take him to come out of retirement. And how, even then. However, though, it is up to Bob Stoops. Yeah, it's not up to the school. If Bob Stoops does not want to coach, he's not going to coach. No. And, I mean, honestly, I think that if Oklahoma plays their cards right, they could get at least another three, four years out of Bob Stoops coaching before he decides to go back into um, either coordinating for someone or just stepping out of the national spotlight for a while. Yeah, or just be a broadcaster. Yeah. Which is what he does now with the big – like, this is funny. He – he's just now accepted this Oklahoma job, you know, as the interim. He now has to go on and be do the big noon kickoff for the big for for the uh, for Fox. I don't know which game it's for, but he has to do the big noon kickoff um, for Fox this weekend. So you know, I That'll wonder. Be what, interesting. It's it is going to be interesting. It is going to be interesting. Um, Unless they have an interim uh, announced crew. <laughs> yeah, internal. Yeah, inter- or or he just doesn't show up. Um, but. <laughs> Another one that has, I would say, the exact same shock value. 
I, I, the Napier? exact same. Do what? Are you talking about Napier? Or? No, 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 no. Oh. But no, Billy, you know who I'm talking about. Billy I was Na- hoping we no, would bi- circle around to that. Billy Napier, I will say this. Billy Napier is, has been hired at Florida. I think it's a great fit. I thought he would go to Louisiana, uh, to LSU, just because. Makes sense. He was, Checks out. He was he currently, oh, he's well, just got to, he's got to move a few miles from Lafayette to Baton Rouge. So here, here's Baton the thing Rouge. I will say about Louisiana football. New Orleans does not draft LSU players. They do not draft them. They do not sign them usually. But Louisiana has the most committed football players to their state. LSU does not normally hire Louisiana coaches. Normally. Go Tigers. With the very broad exception of Ed Orgeron. Well, see, that's like with West Virginia. They don't. Yeah. They don't. Rich Rod was the Don Nealon may have been a native of West Virginia. I'm not. I, I can't remember. I, he might have been. Rich Rod and Bill Stewart are the only two I can think of that are native West Virginians that were hired as head coaches. I think that LSU has made a terrible mistake. I hope I am proven wrong about this in the very near future. I have no personal problems with Brian Kelly. I think that he is a very good head coach. I think that he is not an offensive guru, but he expects his playbook to be run to perfection. If LSU comes out wearing freaking gold helmets the first game of the season I'm done if he tries to convert LSU into Notre Dame and run that program like he ran you Notre are, Dame Cole you, you wear gold helmets at home no we wear yellow when, when I'm saying gold I mean 24 karat gold oh oh no that's not happening that's not happening. Like no. that that was my entire metaphor. Oh. I'm not it's purple and gold, yeah. But, but it's not I it's not the Irish gold. No. no. Okay. If we come out looking like Notre Dame in our first game. You're not gonna come out looking like Notre Dame. I'm not talking about uniforms. I'm talking no. about if Brian Kelly does what he ultimately is going to do and run that program how he ran Notre Dame. But here it's not going to work. It's not going to work in Louisiana. There's no way. I will say, though, if he wins, it works. If he wins, it works, yeah, but... He is Notre Dame's most winningest head coach. Over like That's over Lou Holtz. Yeah, I mean... He has made how many playoff appearances? He How many times has he won a national championship in the 2000s, Owen? Exactly. How many national championships He's been there for 12 years. Won? Yeah. And each of within each of LSU's uh, three of LSU's head coaches have had won national championships: Nick Saban, uh, Les Miles, and, and Coach Yeah, exactly. Unless you want to go back into the seventies and count uh, like Billy Cannon's national championship. If run, you want but. to, yeah, but. But <sighs> no, we're I, talking early two thousands. I I understand what you are saying, and also too like. Here's here's what I'll say too with Brian Kelly is Notre Dame you have to recruit a certain type of athlete. Yeah, there's a very high academic standard at Notre Dame. What are you trying to say, Owen? That LSU isn't academically minded? You said it, not me. <laughs> you said it, not me. 
Um, um, no, I'll I, gladly say it about West Virginia. Well, I, I say that, but we are a R one research facility. Like we have a lot of research going behind us. We're very. Oh, good. I mean LSU, uh, like their nursing program is one of the best in the nation. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I know uh, LSU's business program is uh, fourth or fifth right now. Yeah. So, but I like you said, LSU is not. They're not Notre Dame. No. LSU is not Notre Dame. LSU He's going to have a lot more leeway when it comes to athletes now. That's I'm kind of scared of that because he could get himself in trouble easily at LSU. He could. So, but I, he does I think, not strike me as the kind of guy that would do that, though. Yeah. I think that Brian Kelly is walking a fine line at LSU because he could either go off of the deep end and just absolutely dominate, and then four years later get all of it rescinded, a la Pete Carroll, Matt Leiner, Reggie Bush, USC. Or we stay the course at where we are right now, and we won't. Either way, we're going to change. We're either going to get worse or get better. Um, but if, if we stay the course, I think that will be the most disappointing thing for me. Yeah. I will say for Louisiana f- people is there was not a boo nor a cheer. It was very I would I would say the whole state of Louisiana was very quiet. Yeah. This past week, and and sometimes that's more concerning than a straight up boo. You know, because if you're making noise, you're getting if you're making if somebody you're making noise and you're doing something. Yeah, you're anticipating something. It's something. But if there's no noise, but see that's what Brian Kelly is. He's a no noise guy. You know, he's not he's not a coacho that's gonna get you riled up. Yeah, he's you know? not splashy. He's not. I mean, he is splashy for the fact that he is the most winningest coach at Notre Dame. But he's not. He does yeah, not have a splashy no one, personality. No, if you asked on if you asked anyone within the past like couple years, hey, who's the winningest football coach in Notre Dame history? Mm-hmm. Who would they say? Uh, probably Brian Kelly. I would I would have said Lou Holtz. I would have said Lou Holtz too. Until I figured out that Brian Kelly was the most winningest head coach. Yeah. I'm excited in the long term for what Brian Kelly's gonna bring. I am not excited for the first couple of years. Yeah, I was gonna say I would have I would have been very dis- if I were you, I would have been very disappointed. Um considering of who was on the table. I think it was a good hire for who was on the table. Yeah. I don't think it w- it's I think it's going to pan out for the for the best. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to pan out for the best immediately. And I hope in a couple years time I'm eating my words. Yeah. Well, you hope so. But yeah. Um but another kind of hire that came out of nowhere that nobody suspected. Virginia Tech hires um, Coach Pry, the defensive coordinator out of Penn State. And at first, it was kind of like a, huh? Because they're all looking like, go get Billy Napier, go get Jamie Ch- Jamie Chadwell was the guy that, they, that everybody thought they were going to go get. But after looking at Coach Pry, he was on Beamer's staff when he, he went to Tech. He's an alum. And he was on Beamer's staff for a little bit. So, eh. You kind of look at it like if you don't follow Virginia Tech football as much, then you're like, who? I don't know this guy or I don't – you know, but, I mean, that that was not as splashy as Lincoln Riley going off, hey, by the way, I'm off to USC 
or Brian Kelly going, hey, by the way, I'm going to LSU, you know. So not really a splashy hire for Virginia Tech, but if it gets the job done, it gets the job done, I guess. But I hope it doesn't get it done against West Virginia. Um, That's fair. Yeah. You want that black diamond trophy for I what want it four years for another uh, for however I want it for forever. Okay, I want the rivalry to become so lopsided that like it takes Tech probably another fifteen years to win it, you know, or something like that. Just just throwing that out there, but uh, yeah. UVA levels. UVA levels, yeah. Um, so it is also championship week. This week, yeah. Previewing next week, we're gonna stick with our like top five game format, but mm-hmm. all of these games will be championship games. So first, we got the the Dr Pepper Big Twelve Championship the game. Doctor, the only championship game that has a sponsor. Why is that? Why don't why? Because the Big Twelve doesn't have any money. Um. Anyway, we have Oklahoma and Texas. I mean, they got for money. now. They got for now. Like they have money for right now, but I guess it's just a little extra money. I don't know. Uh, Baylor, Oak State, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State, eleven and one Oak State, ten and two Baylor, Oklahoma State. You're going Oak State. I'm going Oklahoma State. That defense, man, Mike Gundy, oh mullet man, Owen. Oh gosh. Oh, that's right, because you love you some Dave Aranda. He should have came on home. I'm, I've got to go Baylor. I've got to. I've got to go Baylor. I will, I will ask you this question. If Baylor wins, does, can they? is there a way for no, them to get into absolutely this? not. I didn't think so. There has to be, like... Massive chaos. Okay, so... Like... If they get in... Because they're, they're ninth right now. Yeah. So, Georgia would have to lose. So, Alabama... I would just say Alabama has to lose. Alabama has to lose. Michigan has to lose. And Cincinnati have to lose. And Cincinnati have to lose. And then from there... God. Because um, that would probably... That would probably be enough for Baylor and Oak State to flip. Yeah. If not... Yeah. Then they'd be ranked sixth behind Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Watch that happen this weekend. Oh God, <laughs> I don't want it to happen. I don't want that to happen either. I want Alabama to lose and Oak State to win, so that way Alabama does not even have get a chance to sniff the college football playoffs. Oh yeah, no, I want that to happen. I want that to happen too. Will it happen? It very well could be. Alabama is not favored to win. No. I we're getting ahead of ourselves on that one. Um yeah, I I've gotta go Baylor. I've gotta give it State. to my boy Dave Miranda. Oklahoma Bahannon State. Bahannon is too good. I he's injured though. He's hurt. Oh man. Yeah, I'm still going Baylor. <laughs> it don't matter. Um moving on. SEC championship and Georgia, Alabama. I wasn't calling it. Okay, I thought I thought you were for a second. You were about to get a a fist upside your head. No, no, no. Um, Eleven and one Alabama, number three in the nation versus number one twelve and zero Georgia. Georgia. 
Georgia's defense Georgia. is going to shut Alabama down. I hope because Bryce if Young, if Auburn's defense shut them down, you know, like yeah. here's the thing: is Alabama's not that good, like everybody thought. No, they blew out New Mexico State. Okay, New Mexico State one in eleven. Good for you. You almost lost to a barely bowl. No offense, but barely bowl eligible LSU. None team. taken. <laughs> We're dissing Alabama right now. Yeah, you lost to a two loss at the time, Texas A and M. Now a four loss, Texas A and M. Yes. And you barely beat a, another barely bowl eligible Auburn, who held you to zero points all the way up until the fourth quarter. I've and got then you Georgia had to winning. take it into not just not one, not two, not even three overtimes. Four, four overtimes it took you to beat a six and six at the time, six and five Auburn. I've got Georgia winning this game. There's no question for me. I mean, I would never pick Alabama to win a game. Absolutely. It's there's no way. They they very well could win. They're not going to. Not in my book. Georgia is winning this one. Yeah. Twelve and zero, number one. I'm not saying blowout city. Um, I think it will be a close good game. Yeah. Um, but Georgia Georgia's winning this game. Yeah. There's no question about that. By a touchdown or two. Yeah. I, it won't be a field goal. Yeah. Um, Big Ten, Michigan and Iowa. Ooh, Michigan fresh off of the game. Mm-hmm. And Iowa 10 and 2. I've got Michigan. Michigan. I mean, yeah. No, I've got I've got to go Michigan because Iowa's just in too, too many like what we would, what other people would say is Iowa things. Iowa being Iowa. Yeah. They, it's like you lost to Purdue. You lost to Purdue and then you lose to Wisconsin. It kind of you get bad blown Wisconsin. out by Wisconsin. Kind of a bad Wisconsin seven. team, too. Yeah. Um, I think I just think Michigan is just this the way better team, just a much better team. Yeah. Than Michigan Iowa. is. Oh man, it's uh, so they have ESPN's football power index. Yeah. Which I've never heard of, but Michigan is favored out of a hundred times seventy six. Ooh. Yeah, so... What's the uh, spread? Uh, the spread... Tickets as low as $258. Ooh, yeah, oh, that's so low. <laughs> um, <laughs> 11. The spread is 11. That's bad. That's really bad. Mm. Uh, Michigan is favored by 11 points. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm-mm. That's that's terrible. Yeah. That's so bad. Michigan on that one, and I think I mean you got to yeah. Uh, for reference, the spread on the Georgia Alabama game is six point five, so, so one t- touchdown. Yeah. Um, next, this is not a Power Five conference, but the other two just are terrible. So, um, Jesus the Amer the American. Athletic Conference Championship, Cincinnati versus Houston. Number four and number 21. To Houston's credit, they are 11-1. and one. Yes. However, they haven't really played anybody. They lost to Texas Tech. No. Cincinnati beat what? Notre Dame. Yeah, sixth-ranked Notre Dame. So, at the time. At the, no, sixth-ranked. Still. still, still. They are sixth-ranked yeah. Notre Dame now. And lost to the – and they beat them at home pretty handedly. I think this is going to be an offensive showdown between mm-hmm. Ritter mm-hmm. and Toon. Yep, yep. Because um, they – Well, oh and Holgerson God, and really Fickle do. because yeah. Holgerson just all over the place. Man, man. Ritter 
223 for 338, 3,000 yards exactly. Wow. 27 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Lord have mercy. Tune, 244, 355, 3,013 yards, 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions. So they're pretty pretty much identical. Pretty, pretty fairly matched. I think this one comes down to play calling. Oh, I think so too. And I think Cincinnati's just better around. I think they're just yeah. Cincinnati is the better team, and I think Cincinnati is the one who gets the win. I mean, I just now the question is: Does Houston go to a New Year's Six bowl? I don't think they go to a New Year's Six just because. I think that the bowl committee is going to say, okay, we gave the fans what they wanted. One group of five is in a New Year's Six bowl. That's enough for them. Or playoff spot. Yeah. So, 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 spot. so Cincinnati loses, do they go to the New Year's Six? I think they still go to a New Year's Six. I don't think they, they will not get into the playoff spot, even though they are undefeated. No, they won't. They won't. I don't think so, because Notre Dame will replace them. Yeah, easily. Um, the spread is 10.5 in Cincinnati's favor. Yeah. No, I, I can see it. Cincinnati. Um, Jeez, I, I the over-under is 53. That is a lot of points. Yeah. You, you're saying Cincinnati as well, right? Oh, yeah. For sure, I'm saying Cincinnati. You're not going with oh, Holgerson. And- I am not picking Holgerson to win a game. I I value my life. <laughs> um, yeah, no. i for sure going Cincinnati. There's no way you can't pick Cincinnati in this game. And then finally, we're going to go to the ACC, which has no – Playoff, no national. This might be emphasis. the most competitive championship game. Championship game outside of Big Twelve and SEC. Or, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Um, Pitt, Wake Forest. Pitt's ten and two. Wake Forest is ten and two. Pitt. Uh, in that same power index, Pitt sixty one point five. Wake Forest thirty eight point five. What I'm wondering is how much of that is name value. I'm not saying Pitt isn't great. Pitt also has Kenny Pickett for a quarterback, yeah. which is another high. 40 Heisman. touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 4,000 yards. Yes. Like, a, Pickett has been great this year. Yeah. Well, he was. he's on the Heisman list. Yeah. Um, this, oh, God. The spread is 3. Pitt is favored by 3. And then the over-under so is 71. Fair, fairly even. Yeah. Fairly, a fairly even game. Uh, I'm going upset. Yeah. I'm going upset by one uh, spot. Mm-hmm. Wake Forest. I'm gonna, I'm, I think Wake Forest as well. I can't. I'm like you with Alabama. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to pick Pitt. I'm not going to pick Pitt. Um, yeah. But I just, I, I, think, I think Wake Forest is, it's going to be a good game. It's gonna be a good game. Oh, it's but gonna be competitive. I just think, I, I just think Wake Forest, just yeah. I just I Wake can't. Forest deserves it, especially after this season. Wake Forest has earned it. Wake Forest has earned it, and I think Pitt has too. But Wake Wake Forest, I think, is just they haven't been in this situation before, and it's been a long. And if they have, it's been a long time. Oh yeah. So it's been a really long. time. It's been a very them. long time. So I don't. I don't see. I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see I don't I, Wake Forest is going to take advantage of their opportunities and I th- I think they they come out with the the conference title. Hey, Owen, you know who's not going to come out with a conference title? <laughs> I know of two teams who are not going to come out with a conference title, Cole. Hey, but you know who clinched bowl eligibility this week? I know two teams who clinched bowl <laughs> eligibility this week. Uh going into our recap segment, LSU go Tigers. 
Um, in Ed Orgeron's... No, 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 no. Don't disgrace yourself like oh, that. Oh, excuse me. <coughs> Got to hock up enough phlegm. There you go. <coughs> go Tigers. Um, LSU and Ed Orgeron's swan song, his last game coaching for now. For now. LSU, 27-24, a masterpiece over Texas A&M. Was it the best game ever? No. Was it Ed Orgeron's last game? Yes. Will I think it's the best game ever? Yes. <laughs> we clinched bowl eligibility. Johnson threw for 306 and three touchdowns. Tyrion Davis-Price rushed for 84. I am so happy that we are going to a bowl. That was the floor for me at the start of this season. I'm glad we got to the floor. <laughs> yeah. Because there for a while we were in the basement. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, um, I know. We upset Texas A&M. Very much so. Our defense showed up and showed up in a big way. Um, Calzada, he still threw for three touchdowns, but we only limited – we limited – in quotations marks, to 242. We completely and totally shut down their run game. Their leading rusher had 49 yards. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, we ended up finishing our regular season at 6-6. Six and six. Texas A&M is 8-4. and four. Oh. Hey. I'm so glad we're going to a bowl. Oh, like, I know. That's, no, I, oh, I'm right there with you. Uh, we did sack. We did get three and a half sacks. Uh, Damon Clark got two and a half of those. And then Jacqueline Roy got the other one. So we, we limited Texas A&M. We did not stop them. We limited them. Yes. Sometimes um, that's what you have to do is you have to limit possessions. Oh, West especially Virginia. in the these kind of games where we just had to win no matter what. Yeah. Well, um, and that's West Virginia has done that a lot this season if we've just had to limit the other team's possessions, and that's why we take so long on. I would love to see our average time of possession after the end of this year. Oh, it's going to be like 15 minutes. Yeah, it's got to – I wouldn't say 15 minutes. It's probably around the 20-minute mark. Oh, for – yeah, for the entire game, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad that Ed Orgeron got to walk off the field with his head held high. Um, I know that he got into a lot of controversy while he was at LSU. Let's be real. I'm not ever going to wish that man any kind of ill will. Um, How can you? Yeah, I, I think he embodies the state of Louisiana um, and embodies it very well. He's he does a great job of what he is hired to do, and he enjoys himself off the field sometimes a little bit too much, especially this year. A lot of it too much. Um, but yeah, I I'm heartbroken that Ed is not coaching our bowl game. Um, I really wish I I wouldn't have wished him to not. But when they did the press release midway through the season, when Ed Orgeron announced that he was not going to be returning, 
uh, he did say in that that he was not going to be coaching the bowl game. So we'll see. Uh, LSU has not released who their interim is as of right now. Uh, that very well Brian could Kelly. change. Please stop. Um, <laughs> please stop. <laughs> uh, I wonder if Brian Kelly will be in attendance at LSU's oh, bowl game. Oh, he'll probably. Oh, most definitely. Most yeah, definitely. He has to. Most definitely. He has to show up. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm optimistic. I hope we can end the season with a bowl win. That kind of, uh, you know, it it was a rough year for LSU. Um, last year we finished somewhat better, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, honestly, I seasons like this and games like that are what make me a diehard LSU fan because I – I would never bet against the Tigers, especially in a coach's last game. And what a way to end a career at LSU. That's storybook ending stuff. Yeah. Like, that's – that's Yeah. That's just – that's great. You know. That's, he deserved that. He did. He earned it, too. Yeah. I mean, the man earned it. Is it my turn now? You can if you want to. No, I mean, I'm, got, I'm if, good. No, no I'm more, good. If you do what more. you need to do. If you got more, here. Um – Anything else? No, go ahead. No? Okay. Okay. Hey, Cole. Hey, Owen. You want to know who got a win this week? Who got a win this week, Owen? Take me home home to the place I belong, West Virginia. No singing? No singing. I just want to soak in the moment, okay? That's fair. I want to soak in the moment. However, I never thought that I would read this title. West Virginia holds off Kansas to become bowl eligible. Hey, you might be reading that title for a while. I Yeah, here's the thing. Kansas is a different team. West Virginia beats Kansas 34-28. Um, Lance Leopold, man. They need to – here's the thing. If Kansas needs to hold on to him for a little bit. They need to lock him in like in, uh, Kentucky did. I don't know if that yet, but it won't be long before they're – before they're, they will become bowl well, eligible. Kansas has been the laughingstock of college football right there with Kentucky, right there with Vandy, right there with Rutgers for so long now. Yeah. I'm glad that they are resembling a competitive program at least. Back, back in 2007, when um, what Mag Magna Gold or something? Yeah, Magna Gold. Was, was his name? Um, back, you know, back when they were competing competing for a national title. Um, but yeah, no, Kansas man is they just they they just would not go away. They would not go away, and it uh, it it was kind of frightening. Um, Daggy, once again, I mean, he kind of showed up this week. 16 for 21, 170 yards, three touchdowns. Man, with passing yards like that, he'll soon pass Geno Smith. I don't want to talk about it. In his seventh year. He also, yeah, yeah. Or his eighth, or his ninth, or his tenth. Just go ahead and make it like 15 years. Yeah, just round it up. Yeah, there you go. 
Um, he did have one interception, though. Pretty poor interception. Did not read the field. Uh, Letty Brown, my man, went over a thousand yards this year. Uh, he is good a, for him. He is another. He topped his record last year. Um, he was over a thousand yard rusher. Will go down as one of the best rushers in West Virginia history, as uh, he should. As he should. Nineteen carries, one hundred and fifty six yards, one touchdown. Um, and then Sean Ryan had five receptions with eighty seven yards. If you would like to know, like, just how good we played. I don't know where this team came from, but the last two weeks we played phenomenal total yards. We had 436 yards of total offense. Man. 175 passing yards. We averaged 8 yards a pass. We had 261 rushing yards. Man. Averaging 5.2 yards per rush. Let me just tell you this too. Tony Mathis, man, what a dog in running the football just, I mean, just, I, I feel very secure in him as our running back. And Lynn J. Dixon, who is a transfer, record-breaking uh, running back at Clemson, has transferred to West Virginia as well. So, breaking news out of LSU. Oh, wow. And I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. They have announced that Brad Davis, our offensive line coach, is going to be our interim. Oh, wow. Interesting. A uh, solid pick. Yeah. I, I would have picked uh, our ROC. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that he has a lot of influence over Max Johnson. Uh, I don't necessarily understand why it was Davis, but I hope this, honestly, with Brian Kelly already being hired for LSU, I hope that this projects uh, Davis, if he's not staying on as, you know, uh, offensive line or up up a position yeah, yeah. or offensive coordinator. Yeah. I hope this projects him into a job. Yeah. Because I mean, let's let's be real, any coaching staff that Kelly brings in will not likely have a lot of overlap with Orgeron. No. No. So sorry thank to interrupt. For, no, you're th- thank you for that. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> um but going back to West Virginia, we are bowl eligible and it, after starting the year off two and four, it is so so such a relief. Is it the ending that we expected and that we were told that we were going to get? No. But is it the ending we hoped for of going for a bowl? Yeah. I mean, going in for some sort of postseason game. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's it's not – it doesn't matter how we got here. We just got here, you know, at that, yeah. at that point. When you're 6-6. Six and six, it's just, Trust me, I hear you oh, there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. I, you, you know. So, um yeah, I just – this team, I will say, though, there is an issue with West Virginia football. West Virginia football is an exciting program. You've had teams like – you've had guys like Major Harris. You've had guys like Pat White and Steve Slayton. You've ha- had – Will Def- Greer. Will Greer. You've had Geno Smith. You had uh, the amazing defense in the 90s with with Canute Curtis and uh, Gary Stills, which, by the way, is Dante and Darius Stills' yep. uh, dad. You've had all of these amazing – even Oliver Luck played there, Sam Huff, back in the 50s. You know, it. West Virginia gets people – like, West Virginia football gets the state of West Virginia excited. And this – and. And you you can also relate in this way, but that there is just something special about West Virginia football in the state of West Virginia. It is just so unique 
people just don't get it why why people like West Virginia football. It's because it's it's a part of West Virginia. There's no professional teams. There's no there's the state is a very poor state, and unfortunately, it doesn't have a lot going on. It doesn't have a lot going for it since the coal mines have shut down. It's not a big big booming industry like it was in the first half of the of the twentieth century. But here's the issue with West Virginia football. It is not exciting. These past three years, it has not been an exciting time to watch West Virginia football. Yes, we've won games. But we have not thrown 500 yards. There was no, there has no been offense like 2018's offense. There's been amazing defense. I will, I will credit Neil Brown that. Their defense has not missed a step. From this year to last year, there was a little bit of drop off, but not. But even then, not, not a huge, noticeable. Not yeah. not a noticeable drop off. Um, but there's no offense. There's there's nothing. It's stale. It's boring. And it's predictable. It's predictable. We can't pass the ball, so what are we gonna do? We're gonna run it. That's the only two ways you can move the ball down the field. Credit to Letty Brown, though he has stepped up these past two seasons. Absolutely. Absolutely, these past three seasons. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, of course, the first year that Neil Brown was here, we couldn't run the ball to save our life. No, your offensive line just wasn't there. No, it's still not there. After three years, it's still not there. Granted, it's a very young offensive line now. We just—I don't know. I'm hoping with either Garrett Green, Goose Crowder, or Nico Markiol, there will be some excitement in West Virginia football. There will be some type of excitement. There has to be. It's West Virginia football for crying out loud. You know, the last time I think people were really excited for the game was Virginia Tech. Yes, we've won games. We are ex- Well, and here's, here's what I'll say, too. I think we are also excited for Oklahoma. But once we lost Oklahoma, that took the wind out of our sails big time. Big I don't time. think y'all had any wind in your sails after, and I'm saying this as like from a fan's perspective, yeah. not as a team. But once you lost to Maryland, you could see that the fans and some of the fans in the stadium were just kind of going through the motions. It feels like that. I've never felt this way. Now, however, I will say I've talked to my dad, and he said this is nothing. He said this is nothing new. We've seen this before. Back in the years of Don Nealon, we've in the early in, in most of the I say early years in the most most years of Don Nealon, this happened. It was a very boring, predictable offense: run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass. It was just a very it's you know um, that fans were just kind of going through the motions. And as a football program, you're going to have that. But I think for West Virginia fans is. You look at the success around us. You look at teams like Virginia Tech, who got their Frank Beamer. You look at at t- programs like LSU, who had a had who have had three once in a lifetime coaches. Okay, you had Nick Saban, not Coach O, not Coach O. No, not Les Miles. Not Les Miles. Oh, interesting. Well, I mean, looking back on it, you can kind of see. Les Miles laid the groundwork for Orgeron mm-hmm. with his recruiting classes. Yeah. Orgeron developed those players. Saban, I will reluctantly agree with you. Miles, he took Saban's team to the national championship game. 
twice. We lost one of them. Lost one of them. To Saban. You still still went there. Yeah. So, it... But but you've had those... You've had teams that are just amazing. You've won national championships. You've had all these opportunities. You look at teams like Oklahoma, like Texas. You know, it's just... Or teams like Notre Dame and... But, you know, there are teams that just – they have these coaches that are just phenomenal, that they, they've they cling to. USC has had those coaches, you know, has Pete Carroll Pete to cling Carroll, to. Yeah. You know, Nebraska has had the 80s to cl- the eighties and 90s to cling to. And Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas, yeah. It's – but as a West Virginia fan, it's just so it's, – it's starting – I personally, I feel – granted, I'm a young fan for West – Considerably, I've been a fan my entire life, but all 20 years that I've been on this earth, you know, of it's starting to wear on the fans that we're not getting anywhere, that we're still, we're running in place. Yeah, mediocrity. We've been, the last time I think we went to a national title game was in, it was in the 80s, and it was against Notre Dame, and we lost. That was the last time, as as far as I can remember. Now there may have been some time in the '90s. I'm not for sure. I I just I you know, I need to talk to some people about that. But like that's just. But I'm glad we're going bowling. I'm glad we're going bowling. West Virginia LSU are going to the bowl game, bud. I hope so. It's <laughs> well, going to happen. It's going if you just if you pray if you pray hard enough it'll happen. It'll happen on Sunday. I know I know we're getting into this uh mm-hmm. a little bit later. Yeah. Take a wild guess as to who our number one is. Projection. Mm. Wild guess. Wild guess? Wild guess. Hold on. Ohio State. <laughs> no. Who? Houston. <laughs> what happens if you lose to Holgerson? <sighs> oh man, I would um, love for a Virginia and West Virginia bowl game. That'd, that'd be, be good. That'd, that'd be, be cool. great. Um, but anyway, but yes. So that that's the getting recap. ahead of ourselves there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we go. We're going to a bowl game. It'll uh, selection Sunday is this Sunday. Burger be look be on the lookout for um, Mich- Michigan State. Yeah, <laughs> be on the lookout for Michigan State where they get to go where they end up. I, I think they'll get in a good bowl. They'll end up in a good bowl. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a very real possibility you could end up in a New Year's Six. I mean, they're ranked in the top 12. Maybe. I always felt like New Year's Six should go to a loser of, an, of a championship game. Yeah. You know. I, it just makes sense. It makes sense. It's a nice consolation prize. Yeah, but, you know, anything. But like we've said before is nothing. If it makes sense, college football is it, it not happen. doing it. it no. It's not going to happen. So, <sighs> do you want to do AP? Uh, either way. Yeah, go ahead, do AP. I'll do CFP. So, number one is Georgia. Mm-hmm. Previous number one. Number two is Michigan. Okay. Previous number six. Mm-hmm. Three is Cincinnati. Four is Alabama. Mm-hmm. Five, Oak State. Mm-hmm. Six, Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Seven, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Eight, Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Nine, Baylor. 10, Oregon, 11, Michigan State, BYU is 12, Oklahoma is 13, Utah is 14, 
Iowa is 15. Houston is 16th. LSU's possible future bowl opponent, Houston. Uh, 17th is Pitt. 18th is Wake Forest. 19th is San Diego State. (laughs) I got my hopes up. I thought that was LSU. Uh, 20th is Louisiana. Raging Cajuns. Raging! Uh, 21 is NC State. 22 is Clemson. 23 is Arkansas. 24 is Texas A&M. After losing to LSU, might I say. And 25 is Kentucky. Mm. Good for Kentucky. So, like, past 12, the CFP and the AP go way off. It doesn't surprise me. But here is CFP top 12. Number one, Georgia. Checks out. Number two, Michigan. Okay. Number three, Alabama. Boo. Boo. Number four, Cincinnati. Number five, Oklahoma State. Number six, Notre Dame. I heard somebody on YouTube call it Notre Dame. And I was like... That's the old school way to pronounce it. I guess so. I mean, that's the French way to pronounce it. Number seven, Ohio State. Number eight, Ole Miss. Number nine, Baylor. Number 10, Oregon. Number 11, Michigan State. And then rounding out the top 12, BYU. Okay, so not all top 12 teams are the same. Not all top 12, but they're fairly close. Well, I mean, like the teams themselves are the same. Yes. The order, however, is very different. Oh, yeah. So, but yeah. Um, <sighs> Cole, what, what do you have... For bowl predictions. Oh, oh! I will say this: not this week, not this upcoming. Or, um, yes, last night. The these are the second to last CFP rankings. Next week are the final college football playoff rankings. So next week we will know for sure who is going to be in the playoffs. Yes, and how badly they screwed up. Which honestly, after looking at this CFP, it doesn't look like they screwed up a whole lot. It's just that the fact that Alabama's still in there. Well, I number mean, in the top four, Michigan's also in the top four, and they're both eleven and one. Yeah, but Michigan beat Ohio State, you know, so yeah, it checks I, out. Yeah. Um, for bowls for LSU, LSU versus Houston in the Birmingham Bowl. Oh, okay. LSU versus UCF in the Birmingham Bowl. Okay. LSU versus ULL. In the Birmingham Bowl. Interesting. So a lot of Birmingham Bowls. LSU versus Army. Ooh, that'd be interesting. In the First Responder Bowl. Okay. So it looks like we're probably going to end up in the Birmingham Bowl. Gotcha. Um, Honestly, I don't hate any of those matchups. Mm -hmm. I do not like the LSU versus ULL matchup. Because I think that'll be the first time in either program's history that ULL will be... One ranked higher going into a bowl than mm-hmm. LSU, mm-hmm. and you all will be favored. That'd be pretty neat. That'd be pretty cool. That it would be pretty cool. <laughs> that's that's little brother right there. Yeah, that's little brother. Well, okay. Who who is who is little brother? Because there is ULL, UL Monroe, and Tulane. Who is the little brother to, to LSU? LSU? Yes, uh, ULL. ULL. Okay. Yeah. Because well. We don't play Tulane that often. You and don't when play we, much of. You don't play them often at all. 
Whenever we do play them, though, it draws a packed crowd. So, honestly, I could say Tulane there, mm-hmm. but probably ULL. In your eyes. It's... In my eyes. I got you. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, any of them I'd be excited to see. I how how about a bowl game with West Virginia? I would love that. And the Liberty Bowl. We go to the Liberty Bowl. That would be so cool. Or the Belk Bowl. Or the Belk Bowl or just Music some bowl. City. I mean, some bowl. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense for or us. Or the to... Texas Bowl because that's Big 12 SEC. Yeah, it could be. But, I mean, Texas Bowl is normally reserved for, like, the the two teams. Like, um, not the conference champions. Mm-hmm. They're normally reserved for the, like, second teams if they're you. not in New Year's Second place teams. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to see what I got? So, here's what I got. So, starting off, we have the Guaranteed Rate Bowl versus Rutgers. Oof! That's an old Big East rival. And they're old school. I'm not. Like, we would win. Yeah, West Virginia is going to mop the floor with Rutgers. Why would I want Rutgers? No. Uh, AutoZone Liberty Bowl versus Missouri. Yeah. I dig it. I'd be okay with that. Uh, Guaranteed Rate Bowl versus Purdue. Uh, AutoZone Liberty Bowl versus Auburn. Oh. I can dig that one. Uh, the Serve Pro First Responders Bowl versus South Carolina. Or the Texas Bowl versus Mississippi State. I can go for either one of those. Yeah, either one. Um, the Texas Bowl versus Kentucky. Aye. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, Texas Bowl. Or, I'm sorry. Or the First Responders Bowl versus Northern Illinois. If we get that one, I'm mad. I will be furious. Honestly, I like the Birmingham Bowl Mm -hmm. for LSU. I think that's a little bit above what LSU has been playing at this season. We're not going to like the Hawaii Bowl or... or That's a vacation bowl. Yeah, that's an awesome bowl to go to. Or the Vegas Bowl. There's the Vegas Bowl. Uh, Even the Belk Bowl here recently. There's the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Hey, that would be a cool... Dirty Myrtle. Yeah, Not the part of Myrtle Beach I go to. Uh, any of the Florida Bowls are awesome. Yeah. Um, the Gator Bowl. You know, oh, yeah. Gator Bowl's cool. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I'm i I'm okay with most of these. I'm not okay with Guaranteed Rate Bowl versus Rutgers. I'm not okay with First Responders Bowl versus Northern Illinois. But it looks like, and our athletic, our athletic director, Shane Lyons, has mentioned that he, from what he can – he's gathering is that more than likely we're going to be in the guaranteed rate bowl against two. I don't know if it's against Rutgers. I'm flipping the table. If it's, that's going to be our open next week is just crash. I'm done. (laughs) You know, just, yeah. But, Ah, um, man, my favorite out of this, I like the Liberty bowl because I think it's a cool, cool bowl or the Texas bowl. So it, it like it's it's really a three way tie be, so between the guaranteed rate bowl, the the Liberty Bowl, and then the Texas Bowl. Yeah, I'm down. Or we can just you know go ahead and make it a Music City Bowl, West Virginia, LSU. God, I hope so. I hope so so much. Well, Music City Bowl is normally reserved for a high profile matchup. Yeah. Which you're going to tell me that West Virginia and LSU, the two biggest party schools, are not a big matchup. I'm just worried about the state of Tennessee. 
They're if, not gonna. They won't know how to handle that. No. They won't know well, what I mean, to it do. would split drive time. LSU would have a little yeah. bit further to go, but it wouldn't be too bad. It wouldn't be too bad. You're coming from the south, and we're coming from the north. Yeah, it know? would be probably like eight hours from West Virginia, and about eight hours yeah. from eight hours from Morgantown to eight hours, eight and a half from Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Yeah. Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Um, but yeah, no, I, yeah, I think that's. I hope it's the Liberty Bowl. More than likely, it will not be the Liberty Bowl. So it's going to be between the Guaranteed Rate Bowl and the Texas Bowl. I say it's not because not the Liberty Bowl because we played in it last year. Yeah. So we guar- can't continue our streak of dominance in the Orange Bowl. I'm sad. We can't continue ours either. Oh, in the Liberty Bowl? No, the the Orange Bowl. We played in it for like three or four straight years okay, before we, we went to the Natty. It. Okay, but we played in it once and uh, it crushed Clemson, so, you know. 1-0. Okay, Owen. 1-0. Hey, we beat National Powerhouse UCF. We beat National Powerhouse Clemson. Remember that? Yeah, okay. That was, hey, that's not a joke. That's not a joke. We did do it. We did do it. We didn't just we didn't just beat them. We mopped the floor with them. 70 to 33. Yeah, that sounds like a Big 12 team. <sighs> okay, but where's the defense? Oh, apparently Clemson did, uh, we had all the defense and Clemson did not. Hey, there you go. Yep. That was still Big East at the time. Okay. To finally kind of round it out, we have no preview for LSU or West Virginia. Womp womp. Not until next week. Not until next week. Um, Cole, I want to know who your top, with the coaching carousel this this year, who are your top three head coach candidates? So, I honestly think what's going to happen this season, colleges are going to try and poach NFL coordinators. You think so? I think so. I think a lot of coaching uh, is going, or a lot of colleges are looking at that next level to try and one entice recruits mm-hmm. and two go ahead and get that pro style offense ready. So my top three are all coordinators in the NFL. Okay, give them to me. Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator for the Giants. Okay. The the reason why I'm saying Graham and the Giants, after this season, Graham's contract is up. Mm Mm-hmm. I do not think that Graham will re-sign with the Giants. I don't think the Giants are going to be on the up and up. Mm. Why would he stay with a team that's just going to be mediocre? Um, Two, Todd Bowles. Defensive coordinator, he has had so much head coaching experience at multiple levels. Mm-hmm. He's the defensive coordinator currently for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. I think the Bruce Arians can easily replace someone at Todd Bowles' level mm-hmm. uh, with any head coach in the nation. Because Bruce Arians is very much a defensively-minded coach. Yes. And he will basically run the show there. I don't think he needs a name like Todd Bowles in that spot. Mm, probably not. I, I, and here's the thing with Bruce Arians, too, is like he's got that team pretty much under wraps. Oh, know? yeah. Like he's, well, I mean, he. I've said this before and I'll say it again. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, name value alone with mm-hmm. guys like Antonio Brown – 
Leonard Fournette, Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, any of those guys would be the man on their team. My number one, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator out of Green Bay. Mm. The reason why I'm saying that mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is very unhappy in Green Bay right now. And a lot of that goes down to offensive play call. Because, one, he's basically running the offense. Yes. Well, he's been unhappy for a long time in Green Bay. Oh, yeah, because he doesn't get any help besides Devontae Adams. Yeah, because they're like, hey, why don't we like grab a backup quarterback when we have literally a guy who just finished off his MVP season? You know, and then won the MVP the next season. Yeah. Um, the reason why Nathaniel Hackett strikes me as a very likely candidate, mm-hmm. he interviewed for the Falcons job last year. He is looking to get out. It would not take much more money mm-hmm. for a college program to go up to that next level and snag a coordinator in the NFL. Could I be wrong about that? Very. Mm-hmm. Do I think I'm wrong? Not really. I really don't think so. I think that's the direction that a lot of uh, college programs are looking, uh, and I think so for good reason. You know, they have said that Matt Rule has been looked at for the... Rules, rules, baby! Looked at for the... Um, Notre Dame gig? No, for that. the Oklahoma gig. Oh. Yeah. I don't think it's happening. I don't think... I, I just I don't think that's happening. Owen, what about you? My top three. <laughs> that's old news. Yeah. <laughs> top three. Um, I'm going to have to go with Brent Venables. That's number one. Being highly looked at for the Oklahoma job. I think he could very well fit. He's been at Oklahoma before. The reason he left was because him and Mark Stoops were co-defensive coordinators, and he said, I'm not about that, and I'm leaving. So he That's goes respectable. I mean, yeah. No, I mean, I get it. Um, and I think I, I, I think he – where there's smoke, there's usually fire. There's a lot of smoke around Matt Rule, but I don't see that happening. I don't. I don't see Matt Rule leaving the Panthers, leaving an NFL job for a head coaching NFL job for a college coaching job, unless you really wanted to. I mean, Saban did it. It's happened before. It's happened a before a lot of times. Well, look at Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, look Harbaugh. At Chip Kelly. Uh, Petrino mm-hmm. did it for the Falcons. Granted, he didn't do that great. Um, Saban, Harbaugh, Kelly. Mm-hmm. Which Chip, oh my gosh, the less that could be said about Chip Kelly's uh, Philadelphia Eagles tenure, the better. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially in his UCLA one as well. Yeah, he sucked. Yeah. Um, Luke Fickle, Cincinnati Bearcats head really? coach. Here's why. West Virginia looked at him when we were looking to hire a head coach. Kind of wish we would have at this point. Hindsight twenty twenty. I here's the thing. I think Neil Brown's going to work out just fine. I think I think once Daggy, like I said, once once Daggy gets off the roster, I think Neil Brown's going to work out just fine, and we're going to see the results we saw when he was at Troy, beating LSU at home, and beating Nebraska. I'm sorry I had to bring that up. That's but, fine. No offense. 
Um, still hurts. Still hurts, but, like, you won the Natty two years later. So, I mean. Yeah, but we lost to Troy. That's very true. Um, Luke Fickle. And I think he he's highly he is highly looked at. He's Catholic, a very devout Catholic. Him and his wife both. Um, so you know, I Notre Dame, possibly, possibly that's where Brian Kelly was before he went to Notre Dame. He was Cincinnati's coach before he went to Notre Dame. I think he is another one that would be a good fit somewhere. From uh, like just. Uh, Notre Dame. I mean, he, but here's why I don't. Here's why I'll make the case for him not to leave. He's going to the Big Twelve soon, and he's already as a group of five competing for a national title. Yeah, it really doesn't make sense in that case. Um, but I, I think it would be cool. It would be a very good comparison point mm-hmm. between Brian Kelly and Luke Fickle. Yeah. So we'll we'll see on that one. I I like that. I could dig it. And then finally, I'm going to say Jamie Chadwell. Yeah. At Coastal Carolina, who I thought for sure Tech was going to go to Virginia Tech. Yeah, it just made too much sense. Thought for sure. No, not going there. No, I'm saying it just made too much sense. That's why it didn't happen. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. very much so. But I just. And Jamie Chadwell could get a job. Could he get the Oklahoma job? Could, here, here's the thing that with coordinators and with head coaches, Luke Fickle and Jamie Chadwell have been head coaches. They know how to run a a team, a team, not an offense or a defense, a team. They have tenure as that. Brent Venables knows how to be a coordinator. Maybe he can be like maybe he can be a good head coach. But there are plenty of times that there is that growing period of I am no longer the coordinator or the positions coach. I am now the entire – I am the big man on campus. I am now – I now run the entire thing. You know, I'm the man on top. So I think that there is that growing experience. But from what I've seen out of Venables, from what I've heard about Brent Venables, is that he is ready to be a head coach. So maybe, maybe. But I think top three, Brent Venables, Luke Fickle, Jamie Chadwell. I will say I think Brent Venables goes to Oklahoma if he gets hired as a head coach. And I think if Luke Fickle gets hired outside of Cincinnati, I don't see it, but he, like, this is just top candidates. Yeah. I could see him going to Notre Dame. Jamie Chadwell, I saw him going to Virginia Tech. Now... Don't know. Maybe he goes to Miami. Maybe he goes to, I mean, uh, Danny uh, Manny Diaz is on the hot seat down there in Miami. Uh, Mike Norvell is kind of on the hot seat down there in Florida, Florida State. State yeah. Um, I could see him going there. I don't see him going from a group of five to a group of five. I see him going from group of five to power five. Yeah, he's he's not taking a lateral move at this point. Yeah. His, he's he's going up. Maybe what if. What if all of a sudden Virginia fires Bronco Mendenhall? And I then, don't see that happening. I don't see that happening either. But if not he, this year, not this year. But from what we've seen from this year, yeah, you never know. You never know. Um, so I don't. I don't know. You know, TCU just hired their new head coach, Sonny Dykes, which was SMU's old. Uh, I like that fit. I like that fit too. He, you know, um, yeah. I 
I think those are my top three. Those are definitely my top three. So, yep. With that, we're getting we're winding down here, Cole. We're winding down. We only have what two, two three episodes left, maybe two or three episodes left. Yeah, winding down. For all of our listeners, uh, we'd like to thank you oh, yeah, for putting up with us. Yeah, for the very first season. Hopefully, next season we'll get yeah. things a little bit more figured out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are very new to the podcast game, but we are enjoying it yep. so far. So. so. But with that, I'm Owen Spenick. My name's Cole Connor. And this has been episode 14 of the Panther Pod. Woohoo!